0: You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Better Health. On today's show, I'm speaking with Gabriella Rosa, who is all the way in Australia currently, and she's going to be talking all about fertility, so miscarriages, conception, and she's a specialist in this, and I'm knowing that it is such a big topic right now, I'm so excited about this, and I think it's going to pertain to a lot of my listeners, so thank you for coming to the show, Gabriella.
1: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, of course. So diving right in, I always like to ask the question, where are you from and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health? Yeah, look, it's a great question, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Brazil. Wow. I was born
1: and raised in Brazil until I was 13. Then my parents decided to immigrate to Australia. And that's pretty much, I mean, I, I've left for a couple of years, but that's pretty much where I have uh, been raised and you know built my life, which is being an incredible privilege. Uh, Being that it's such a beautiful country. And my family has always been, my mom was a primary school teacher. And so, you know, health and being healthy and having good habits has always been a very important part of our upbringing. And certainly, you know, something that made me want to dive in deeper into becoming a naturopathic doctor and understanding more about what. I could do to not only improve my health, but to help others do the same. Mm. So it's fair to say that I am that mother that you know doesn't send packaged foods for their kids to school, and you know is very much about. My five-year-old was telling me the other day; it was actually the most hilarious conversation. He goes, mom Santa Claus is drinking Coca-Cola. That is so unhealthy." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then he continues this thought as we're. <laughs> As we're walking down the the, the shopping centre, he goes, "Mum, that's probably why Santa Claus got really fat."
0: Oh. <laughs> and, oh, I my, love it. And that's was, hilarious.
1: Oh my god! And you know it's so funny because we never drink soft drinks at home, and he's never, mm. he, you know, he never has it or has had it in his mm-hmm. life. But it's and we don't talk about it as a result because it's just not part of our day to day. But for him to equate those things, I thought, okay, I'm doing a good job. This is this is a good thing. Um,
0: it was so, your yeah, affirmation. You're was, like, okay, okay, I'm on the right track. <laughs> That's it. It really was. It was me going, wow. Okay, kid, this is good. <laughs> and how old is he again? is five. Wow. Five. So it's it amazing. Pretty
1: pretty perspicacious for a five-year-old, I have oh. to say. I'm like,
0: wow, that's that's all <laughs> awesome. be darned. So that's amazing. You truly practice what you preach. And now it's it's so neat to see the fruit of that, what you're practicing yeah. in your children. And so that's that's such a beautiful picture. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> So diving into it, you, you help so many women and people in general with their health and specifically like fertility. What got you into this specifically?
1: Yeah, look, it's such an interesting question because, you know, that situation where when you start, you don't really know where you're going to land until you're there. And, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years on from the start. I've been now in clinical practice for 20 years. In fact, 2021 is my 20th year as a clinician. And it has been a very interesting journey. I have been incredibly privileged to be able to support and guide thousands of patients, over that time we've got an online free program that we run for couples who are struggling with infertility called the fertility challenge it's now in its almost 10th year and we've taken over 137,000 people in more than 100 countries through it Mm -hmm. so it's an amazing you know um accomplishment in the sense that we get to touch so many people's lives and and that to me is really the, the reason why I do what I do. I love educating. I mean, that's the whole reason as to why I decided to this last year, actually, I decided to um, start a master's in public health. I'm I'm, finish, I'm completing that at Harvard. And public health is something that I'm very passionate about. And I think that, you know, in terms of fertility, it's such an under um, addressed area, really. You know, when we look at the fact that there are so many factors that can go wrong. I mean, we know that from, from the perspective of couples trying to conceive, one in six couples experiences extended time to pregnancy. And, you know, one in, in four, uh, sorry, three in four pregnancies actually end in miscarriage before a woman even knows she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are very big issues for women and couples at a reproductive age. And there is so much that can be done and needs to be done to really help uh, people have mm-hmm. the best possible level of health to carry a healthy pregnancy to term you know I often talk about the fact that fertility is a team sport and that you can't even though standard therapy is geared towards the woman being the center of that particular equation the truth is 50 percent of that equation comes down to the health of the sperm Mm -hmm. and one thing that many people don't realize is the fact that you know in order to be Mm -hmm. able to have a healthy and carry a healthy pregnancy to term 50 percent of the reasons as to why miscarriages happen is actually to do with sperm health. Wow! So it's such an important factor mm-hmm. to take into consideration both sides of the equation when we're talking about fertility, when we're talking about miscarriage, when we're talking even about implantation failure, because what happens is that there are multiple factors that get in the way. I often. You know we'll talk about the idea that whatever results you're experiencing right now you know we might have inability to conceive inability to keep a healthy pregnancy to term um or you know any other i guess um not ideal reproductive outcome these are all outcomes you know they are the result of a biochemical chain reaction that starts all the way to the left of that, you know, (laughs) like it starts, it starts. And what we see is, you know, egg quality issues, sperm quality issues, Mm. uh, inability to conceive, inability to keep a healthy pregnancy to term. And then standard therapy tries to address it from literally immediately prior to, you know, getting that result that we're, that obviously we end up with. But the truth is that if you really are wanting to have the best possible chance of not only get pregnant, take a healthy pregnancy to term and deliver a healthy baby, we really need to look at a multifactorial complex web, so to speak, of factors that interrelate and that it is without a doubt one of the most important things that we do as prospective parents, because what happens is no matter how we go about Um, the idea of conceiving and and of course, you know, doing the best that we can to keep a pregnancy to term. The effect to the child, you know, we know that by eight weeks gestation, a a, a baby's health blueprint is set for the rest of their life, which essentially means that they have all of their little organs, all of their little fingerprints created. It's just a matter of growing from that point onwards. And so what we know is that it takes, you know, an egg, Women, we're born with all the eggs we've we were, you know, we will ever have. Um, there's no such thing as you know multiplying eggs, unfortunately. <laughs> and so we we have all the eggs we'll ever have, and they mature in certain stages. There are two major and predominant stages when it comes to egg maturation. From primordial follicle to primary follicle, it takes approximately four months. From primary follicle to ovulatory follicle it takes approximately four months and so if you really look at it it takes eight months to be able to look at the product of what you started creating eight months prior and that is just when we talk about the egg itself when we then talk about sperm you know a sperm cycle of of of, you know from from beginning from generation i mean sperm is generated all the time and that's the major difference in terms of female and male reproductive systems but what happens is that the multiplication and the reproduction of those cells over time, as as men age, becomes more and more deformed and defective with the aging individual. And so even though men can still effectively, well, actually, you know, supposedly, um, (laughs) affect conception until the age of 90 years of age, that sperm might not be very good. And so mm-hmm. there may be many more factors that then you know, will impact the health of the child in the long-term. But if we just look at the you know, kind of ordinary scenarios of life, we really are looking at a, at a situation where when we need to improve sperm parameters, let's say that the sperm count is not as good as it could be, or sperm, they're not swimming, morphology is not quite as, as fast or progressive as it should be, mm-hmm. or they're shaped Uh, in a deformed fashion, motility is low, then what happens is that we have a situation where inability to conceive and inability to keep a pregnancy to term is exacerbated. And so when we're looking at improving those parameters, it can take anywhere between one to three sperm cycles to really see major change. So really in the grand scheme of things, preparation for conception is such an important aspect when we're looking at not only getting pregnant, but keeping a pregnancy to term and preventing miscarriage. Because if we don't do that preliminary work and put down those foundations, we're likely to end up with a situation where we may even be conceiving but we don't ever get to a positive pregnancy test or we get to a positive pregnancy test only to miscarry very, you know, early Mm. after that. And of course there are other situations as well where, you know, what will end up happening is that you go through and you think everything is okay, but then there are major uh, formation issues that result from various factors from environmental to genetic, to a combination Mm. of the two that can then lead to late term pregnancy loss. And stillbirths and, you know, all of those different Mm -hmm. types of things. What we know from research is that, you know, the likelihood is that if a person has had a stillbirth Or a late term miscarriage, they're more Mm -hmm. likely to experience that again if we don't address some of the obstacles or factors that are getting in the way and those can be extremely diverse from immunological aspects, you know, in in my book, Infertility Breakthrough, I actually talk about the nine category reasons for miscarriage. And this applies to implantation failure as well as lead-term miscarriages. And it looks at, you know, the endocrinological aspects, so hormonal, we're looking at anatomical, and then a subset of that is uterine defects, looking at infections, you know, so many times people don't understand that infections they may even be silent but they actually can cause a major amount of havoc in the reproductive system and for men and women which leads to an increased risk of miscarriage or implantation failure so bacterial vaginosis for example you know when somebody when a woman has even thrush and mm. the man is treated as well what at all diagnosed right um it mm. is a major issue when it comes to the ability to keep a pregnancy to term. And then of course, we've got immunological aspects from autoimmunity to alloimmunity, which is where the mother will develop an immunity to the external kind of, you know, what it perceives the embryo to be an external body. And so, you know, these are all various factors. Then of course we have genetics and, you know, male factors. And one of the big things that often happen, which is this idea of reproductive toxicants, you know, that the the environmental things from the things that you find coated in a receipt, BPAs and phthalates, for example, you know, we we don't even often take into consideration our environmental exposures, you know, but uh, things like phthalates and BPA have been incredibly um, linked to the ability to keep a pregnancy to term, to even conceiving, and of course, keep a pregnancy to term. So these are all factors that we need to ensure that we take into account when we are looking at the big picture of Mm. fertility
0: and of course the ability to keep a healthy pregnancy to term wow i'm so glad that you emphasize the fact that you know yes women play a huge part obviously in you know conception fertility pregnancy but it is a 50 50 deal where the the male sperm needs to be healthy as well And, and so many times you know, women have to prepare for conceiving by eating healthy and starting, you know, years in advance sometimes. And, and you never think about the male doing the same thing. But, you know, if you want it mm-hmm. to be a harmony and actually work together well, and then carry the term through it, both sides have to be healthy. And um, so it's just, it's really great that you emphasize that because I'm sure there's so many where they're like, wow, you know, I always thought it was, you know, the woman's job, but it's just as much the male's job as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And sadly, you know, standard
0: therapy does
1: not emphasize this at all. mm -hmm. And so men come to us after years of, you know, trying to conceive together. And sometimes they haven't even had a semen analysis and they go, oh my Mm -hmm. God, (laughs) like how's it possible (laughs) that you guys have, you know, as a couple have been infertile for five years and the man hasn't even been tested, let alone, you know, Mm -hmm. actually treated for things that often are very treatable and very easy to treat treat mm-hmm. if you take the right approach so yeah mm-hmm. I, I hear you completely it's it's mm-hmm. one of my it's actually one of the reasons as to why i am doing my mph because i think wow. that needs to be a whole lot more education <laughs> you know around all of this so absolutely
0: mm-hmm. yeah so so thinking about you know i know we talked briefly before the interview the fact that you know miscarriage and then conceiving and trying to actually conceive, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, although they are different things that can occur, they go hand in hand. So could you tell me a little bit about what are some of the similarities of a lot of the culprits that could um, prevent a woman from conceiving and then also also like miscarrying? And then what are some of the differences between those two? Like maybe something affects, you know, a miscarriage happening and then something different affects, you know, conceiving if there are any differences between the two. So could you mm. talk about that mm. a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. One of the things I find fascinating is that when people experience a miscarriage or they've experienced multiple miscarriages, they will often say this, my problem is not conceiving. I just can't carry. Mm. Right? And, <laughs> yes. and I go, well, it's, it's interesting that you say that, but uh, they are the same thing right, at the end of the day, the the majority of couples trying to get pregnant conceive. Mm -hmm. It's that pregnancy only becomes detectable from the time in which the embryo begins to produce a chorionic hormone. And Mm -hmm. so what happens is that until that point, which happens at around about the 4 to 6, kind of between four to five weeks, mm-hmm. you can't really um, detect a pregnancy. It doesn't mean that it's not there. For example, this is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people go through assisted reproductive te- technologies and treatments such as IVF or ICSI, mm-hmm. right, where you have an embryo that gets transferred into the uterine cavity. Mm-hmm. At that point, a woman is pregnant. No matter what you say, mm-hmm. a woman is pregnant with an embryo. Okay, Hmm. and so whether that pregnancy will continue to a positive pregnancy test or Mm -hmm. not is really the only question of consideration in this whole situation, Hmm. right? So it's not that that person has it, and that often you know can you understand the misconception that people have when it comes to you know they've had their IVF cycle, they've had their embryo transfer, and oh, I'm waiting to see if I'm pregnant. Well, actually, you're pregnant from the second that you've had that transfer okay, whether implantation failure will occur, whether that embryo is strong enough and able to carry uh, itself to a positive pregnancy test. Those are different questions and different considerations, but a pregnancy is in place. So that's why I always say that if you have an egg and a sperm and you've put them together and you've got an embryo, you have a baby. The only question that you then need to ask is why is that embryo not actually able for whatever reason. And there Mm -hmm. are three factors in there. There is obviously the female factor, the male factor and the embryonic factor Mm -hmm. that we then need to take into consideration. Why has that embryo not proceeded to a positive pregnancy test and or beyond that Mm -hmm. point? Right. So, yeah, so that's, that's the first thing. And so infertility and miscarriage are very closely related Mm -hmm. because most people have a miscarriage issue or an implantation failure issue, not an inability to conceive issue. Mm. <laughs> Unless, of course, you know they have blocked fallopian tubes and the egg and the sperm are not meeting. Then, of course, you know, and and or if we have a timing issue, or if we have another another reason or another factor that uh, prevents the sperm and the egg to meet. But if you have well-timed conception attempts and you've got an mm. egg and a sperm that have met. In some way, then you actually end up having a miscarriage and implantation failure issue, not a not a you know, not an inability to conceive issue. Wow. Now, the interesting thing, yeah, and so that can you see they're very, very closely related things. And you know, one of the interesting things as to why this happened, you know, we know from epidemiological research of populations around the globe that when it comes to the ability to conceive, a couple at peak fertility has an average of three months time to pregnancy Mm -hmm. so literally it's have sex get pregnant have a baby done we're no longer having this conversation and for most people who don't have a fertility problem Mm -hmm. they never try to conceive those are the people that try that basically conceive accidentally Mm-hmm. Right, Those people, they haven't tried, they haven't actually made exact, exact plans to have a baby, um, but after three months of conception attempts, if we are not pregnant, then we know that we need to look for what are some of the obstacles that may be getting in the way, because they will definitely be there if if we don't have a pregnancy after three months and it's obviously for men in many many cases it's too early to start aggressive treatment at that point Mm -hmm. but What we do need to then look at is if we're trying to get pregnant, we haven't got pregnant in three months, we really need to be a whole lot more proactive in terms of understanding the cycle. You know, basically temperature charting is very useful if you've only just started trying to conceive and you want to know when you're actually ovulating, doing some preliminary testing is not a bad idea, you know, understanding whether we have sperm and whether that sperm is of good quality. And, you know, doing things from a health perspective that are going to support the the individual to be in the healthiest possible place that they can be. Because once we start to add things like, for example, you know, what I call minor factors Mm -hmm. and you have, let's say, for example, you have irregular cycles or you have PCOS or, you know, your partner has low sperm count or um, you have endometriosis or fibroids Mm -hmm. or you know, an autoimmune disease. You have thyroid problems, whatever, whatever, which one you pick. Let's just say that any of those is one minor factor. When you add a minor factor to the equation, all of a sudden we go from an average of three months time to pregnancy to an average of two years. Hmm. So literally compounds that particular issue dramatically. Right. You add a second minor factor, we go to seven years and a third gives us an average of 40 years time to pregnancy. No one has 40 years to get pregnant, right? right? And I've mentioned just in that sentence, probably like six or seven minor factors, right? Mm, And so, and these are really very common ones. These are things Mm -hmm. that people, you know, kind of deal with all the time. So what does it mean? Does it mean that if you have more than three minor factors in your case that you'll never get pregnant? No, it doesn't. But what it does mean is that if you don't address it, what happens for many couples is that they continue going around in circles. Mm. And often they go around in circles for so long and they run out of time to have a baby altogether right and that is the reason as to why sometimes people spend two years five years ten years I've had a patient come to me after having tried to get pregnant for 20 years Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know how you even keep you know the yeah to to keep keep going that that motivation (laughs) for that long But she did and she came and she did all she needed to do and she got pregnant naturally. And, you know, by the time that she came to us, she was 43. She ended up having a baby at at 44. Um, But, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, you don't want to leave Mm. it to the last minute, but certainly she didn't. She had tried multiple IVF cycles that didn't work. Over Mm. those years, she had tried many different types of treatments that hadn't worked. Mm. And, you know, it was a matter of really looking at, These minor factors in in combination, Mm. you know, unless we really correlate what's going on in those biochemical chain reactions that I talked about earlier and Mm -hmm. understand where are the gaps, where are the places of opportunity and what can we do about it, we Mm -hmm. end up very much with the same result after a period of time if people have been trying for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we really want to avoid because unless we do, again, people run out of time on the spot you know, Mm -hmm. feeling like they're trying lots of different things, but actually not going anywhere, not Mm -hmm. getting any
0: further. Right. And it's, it's like, you know, you were saying it takes, if you have one factor, it takes a few years. If you have two factors, it takes even longer. And then the three factors of like 40 years and all of that from what it seems is can be totally shaved off. If you just go and, you know, get it figured out what are those factors that are contributing to, you know, misconception or a miscarriage and then you know shaving off all those years of you not being able to conceive in a few heartache really yeah right (laughs) you know of 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 trauma grief Mm -hmm. and heartache because
1: you know i often talk about you know it's really interesting april because i often talk about this idea that you know when was the last time you solved the problem you didn't know you had Mm. right and and when i talk about that people go Oh, yeah, I mean, let's put it in this example that this actually happened to me. Mm -hmm. I had a leaking toilet I thought it was a leaking toilet. Actually, initially I thought it was boys not actually hitting the toilet, right? (laughs) Yep, (laughs) true. I thought, thought, yeah, I I thought, you know, surely they they need to get better aim here. And I I actually chastised them several times going, now, I've cleaned it a couple of times. And then in the end, I was like, okay, that's it. Boys, come here. I want you to clean around the toilet because it's all wet and you guys need to get better aim.
0: You're amazing, Gabriela.
1: (laughs) And so here we go, you know, after a little while, but it's still happening, still going on. And I'm calling and I'm going, and they're cleaning it up and it's happening again and again. And I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. So one day I kind of get on my hands and knees, right, to check out this water and mysteriously happening. I get a towel, I dry around, and then I come back 10 minutes later and it's wet again. And I'm thinking, oh, finally, it's not the boys peeing outside the toilet after all, it's that we had a leak.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And the plumber comes over, and he, you know, it had happened in one of my other toilets, and I thought it was the same thing, just, you know, a little bit of um, a leaking toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. And so I tell him, look, I've had this in another toilet, the plumber came, they've removed the toilet, they resealed it, everything was great. Um, just do your best not to break the bowl, that <laughs> is fantastic. So anyway, he goes to work, does his thing, um, two days later, reseals it all, you know, you can't use the toilet for 24 hours, so you have to, you know, this this whole kind of inconvenience piece so anyway two days later uh when we can start using the toilet again um everything is good then the day after i have water around the toilet again i'm like no (laughs) so i call the plumber back and i'm like okay listen um, i don't know if you didn't seal this properly but we have the same problem happening again so you know long story short he came another three times, trying different things, doing different things. The water was still there. He, At that third visit tells me, look, we're going to have to get this really expensive machine to have a look from the outside. The water mm-hmm. might be coming from the outside and we need to have a look, but we're going to have to take the tiles off the wall. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's where we stop, right there, because I have no spare tiles. <laughs> we are not going to do such thing. So please, just leave the toilet off. And let's see what happens. Let me see if I can see where the water's coming from, you know, something. So we went away for a week and mm-hmm. I come back completely dry. Everything is perfect. I'm thinking, oh, this is brilliant and amazing. Um, there's clearly no problems. There's no leaking walls and I don't have to remove the tiles off my walls. After all, this is great. So we arrive home and of course, you know, go have a shower. And literally from the shower... I see the water raising from the floor.
0: So oh I
1: literally, literally, I see it and I'm like, oh, this is much worse than I thought. You know, <laughs> I thought I had a leaking toilet. This is infinitely worse. And of course, you know, it wasn't, It was a shower shower proofing issue the shower hadn't been um waterproofed wow and so what ended up happening was that i didn't just need to replace a couple of tiles from the wall i needed an entire bathroom renovation (laughs) to
0: fix the problem right oh my goodness but the thing is he
1: wanted he wanted to charge me two and a half thousand dollars to bring this machine and take tiles off my wall that still wouldn't have fixed the problem
0: (laughs) yeah you see.
1: And so this mm-hmm. exactly, and so it's like
0: putting a band aid over it versus let's yes, get down to exactly. the actual problem. Exactly,
1: <laughs> absolutely 100%. And I see this in fertility treatment all of mm-hmm. the time, and it's the best kind of you know day to day analogy that really hit me when I when this happened and this is going <laughs> on and on and on. I'm literally putting my diagnostician hat going, hang on a second, but where is the problem? What is the problem? I want to actually know that I have a proper diagnosis because if I don't, I'm just doing things, Mm -hmm. thinking that I'm going to get a different result, but I would have ended up with exactly Mm. the same result, minus two and a half thousand dollars, minus tiles on my wall (laughs) that would have had to be replaced with some other crazy color that was never going to actually look anywhere half decent. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, this is just not okay. And so these are the types of things that happen, Mm. you know, for patients going through challenges in conception and infertility all the time Mm -hmm. is that one, They don't know what they don't know, right? Mm. And the thing that keeps couples stuck on their journey often is exactly that. They don't know what they don't know. So they get to a point where they, you know, and I hear this very, very often, they say things like, I've tried everything and nothing Mm. has worked. And it's like, well, actually, no, you haven't (laughs) tried everything. You've just hit the ceiling of knowledge that you had about what else you could try and what else you could do. And so we need to obviously expand upon that to be able to understand what is it really that we need to to get clarity on and what do we need to do about it as a result? But those are the types of things that go on. And, of course, you know, in that, they just keep going around in circles Mm -hmm. again and again. And, uh, again, that's where people run out of time. But, you know, it's it's really quite a fascinating situation because... It happens in every area of life. And if we're not aware, we do spend a lot of extra time, energy, effort, money without the mm. result that we want because we didn't actually take the time to figure out what was really going on,
0: mm. you know.
1: And mm. and fertility is a place that you can't afford to do that because if you do, you end up with no child, no family. And, mm. you know, your dreams yeah. of, of what your family would look like certainly unrealized, mm. you know. And so that's, that's part of the the big scope of understanding truly what specifically are we dealing with mm-hmm. and then and only then starting to come up with ideas and solutions mm-hmm. for what needs to
0: happen to address it
1: mm-hmm. because otherwise we're putting we're putting the cart in front of the horse you know yeah Yep. And that wow. never works. That's not, a, that's not a smart strategy.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen that work yet, so. <laughs> um. No, I haven't either. <laughs> oh, man, Gabriella, you have so much passion, so much knowledge. And before we start to, like, wrap this up, and I know there's so much more we could talk about, and that's why I look forward to having another interview with you, like, part two, like, to be continued. Um, before we, <laughs> before we leave into the rapid-fire questions, Um, what are a few takeaways you have for listeners and maybe some action steps that women can take if they're listening and they're like, oh my goodness, like this is some hope for me, but I don't know where to start. Could you give a little, little advice, tips? Yeah. Absolutely. First,
1: first thing, first and foremost, act pregnant now to get pregnant later you know that is the number one thing that I teach my patients which essentially means that for both prospective parents let's imagine that men could get pregnant for a moment I know that the population of the world would dramatically decrease if that was the case but notwithstanding that issue and gents I'm sorry I'm not picking on you but you know you, you needed that one um notwithstanding what happens is that you know um if you were to be told right this second you're pregnant Immediately women go, oh my God, what are all of the things that I need to start doing and stop doing to make sure I have the healthiest possible baby? And those are the things that you must start doing months prior Mm -hmm. to even begin trying to have a healthy baby because if you do that you're going to already be very well on the way towards the the right approach Mm -hmm. to optimize your health and therefore optimize Mm -hmm. your fertility so acting pregnant now to get pregnant later is of paramount importance Mm -hmm. and that is the number one thing and in that there is so much (laughs) right because all of the things that you would put in your body put in your mouth do and not do are the things that you then would begin Mm -hmm. and stop doing right now Mm -hmm. so you need to assess your own situation and figure out okay where are the places where i could be healthier where i could be stronger where i could do better and start to you know, streamline a chain of events that will help you to optimize those different aspects. Mm. So that would be my first recommendation. My second recommendation is learn. Oh my God, learn, 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 learn. Because (laughs) you see, the more that you understand about your exposures, the more that you understand about the things that are negatively impacting you, the more that you understand how you could help yourself the better your results in the long term in every aspect, not only in your ability to conceive and and take a healthy pregnancy to term and have a healthy baby, but to Mm -hmm. be able to actually raise that child to the best of your ability. So Mm -hmm. learning is of extreme importance. And I think that for your audience, we're giving away a copy of fertility breakthrough wow so there is yeah so basically anyone Mm. who listens to this um you can put i'm sure in the show notes you can put the code that they can there'll be a little bit of a thing and uh we will give a book so Mm. that's a really great way of learning and understanding that you know there are things that you can do participating in the fertility challenge which also it's free is another really great way because you will learn lots of different things on how you can approach. But most importantly, I think, is understanding the vital key importance of both prospective parents doing Mm. the work to be the healthiest they can be and to give, you know, as a couple, yourselves the best possible chance of taking home a healthy baby. And working together as a team is of
0: crucial, crucial importance. Man, those are amazing takeaways. I mean, those are all things that everyone can grasp and they can, you know, adopt into their life. And I love that third part where it's like, it's a team effort and both sides, can act as if like we're pregnant now or we're trying to conceive now you know so the male yep taking into account that his health and exercise diet along with um the woman and then also both of them learning at the same time i mean what what better way to grow your relationship and strengthen that than learning together yeah Right. Absolutely. It makes such an important, it, you know, you make
1: such an important point. And this is one of the things that I hear from our patients all the time, how much of a difference it made to them on their fertility journey when both couple, you know, both partners in the couple were actually working together. Toward the outcome. It really strengthens the relationship. It's a huge, huge benefit Mm. of doing this together for sure.
0: 100%. Wow. Gabriella, you are such, I'm just so thankful that I have you on my show because you have so much knowledge and the fact that you've helped so many women and men all over the globe is amazing. And I know that your book, I have yet to read it and I will read it, is going to be just as in depth with so much more to learn. So thank you for that. And Leading now into the rapid fire questions.
1: Let's <laughs> From, go. <laughs> let's
0: go. I love the attitude. <laughs> so, the first question I have is most influential woman in your life. And now she can be past or present. And my mom, my mom
1: my mom, yes. my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom, all the way. That woman. <laughs> I would not be even, you know, a tenth of
0: the person I am if it wasn't for my mom. Oh, I love it. I mean, and okay, I have to ask, does she have the personality that you do? Is she just as outgoing and so, you know, flamboyant with her expressions and everything? You're a great speaker, so I just have to know. Uh,
1: thank you. And yeah, no, look, she, oh gosh, how do I describe my mom? <laughs> my mom is the epitome of self-inspired motivation mm-hmm. and discipline, mm-hmm. like, the woman is just like, she if if she says she's going to do it, it's done. And that's the one thing that I've really learned from my mom, right? It's just like, you just keep going until, you know, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as, you know, you, you start something and you don't finish it. It's just like, you, whatever you start, you finish and you do it to a, a very high standard, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so I, oh gosh, my mom is amazing. Mm-hmm. She just, yeah, but she's she's very young. She's not as uh, as flamboyant as me. No, she <laughs> definitely isn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, no. <laughs> but she sounds amazing. We we all need someone like your mom in our life to just show uh, us how I'll to start you. something and finish. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. The woman is just like a gem, 100%. Uh. I love it, I love it. Wow, thanks for sharing that. The next one is one of my favorites. What is your favorite food? (gasps) Pizza. (laughs) Or or homemade gnocchi or anything
1: with chocolate. So I can't have one favorite, I have multiple (laughs) favorites.
0: Oh, man. And all of those, I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> oh, man. We could have so much fun over a dinner. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, it has to be my mom's homemade gnocchi who's like, oh, oh my God, it's amazing. She just, so, yeah. like, upticks
1: every single time. <laughs> she like, does. She battered. really does. And she, she retrained. That's so funny about my mom. She um, was a primary school teacher for 35 years. She taught five-year-olds, actually. Oh. And, uh, and then she retrained as a patisserie chef let me tell you jesus it is a challenge right i've got a goal right now to to develop very very well-defined apps and oh my god absolutely it it takes focus focus
0: (laughs) oh you're just awesome (laughs) the next one i have for you are you a past present or future thinker
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's a great question. Look, I always do whatever I do with the end in mind. I start mm. there. But I, my preference always is to be in the right now. Mm. You know, I find that in the, as uh, Joe Dispenza puts it, um, the, the sweet, what is it that he says, the sweet present moment is uh, is really where I prefer to be because I, I find that you know when we are in the future we there's a lot of anxiety when we are in the past there's regret and you know the likelihood for feeling that, uh, I don't know like you oh, I could have done this better I could have done that better or the, the longing of of being human right and mm-hmm. so being in the present is my favorite
0: mm. oh man you you articulated that very well <laughs> next one is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination you have
1: Oh, my husband took me a couple of years back to Bora Bora and I have to oh. say that was pretty amazing.
0: I mean, I loved it. It's okay. Bora Bora, like I've seen pictures, pictures. Yeah, no, right? yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I have to say that was that was my bucket list item and he delivered. So, nice. he
0: yeah, delivered. What a guy.
1: <laughs> he really delivered.
0: And the last one I have for you, if you're a reader, what are you reading right now?
1: Oh, Jesus, I am like a fanatic. Um, I actually listen to audiobooks. Mm. I will say that I have like, oh gosh, there's like 700 audiobooks in my library that I have listened to. One (laughs) of my absolute favourite things at the very moment is called Radical Acceptance by Tara Brach. And that book honestly has been one of the best things, uh, one of the greatest gifts, actually, in my opinion. To Humankind. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's a, a wonderful book. And I've got two books that are lined up, one next to each other, which I also listen to about six times a year is <laughs> The Four Agreements. I love mm-hmm. that book by
0: Don Miguel Riz. So mm-hmm. those are my
1: two favorite tips for right now.
0: Uh, I love that. Man, I'm going to definitely look into those because I haven't read them. And I mean, you just endorsed them. So I'm going to check them out. <laughs> All right. So, awesome. 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 So to wrap us up and everything, how can listeners connect with you, Gabriela?
1: Look, I'm pretty easy to find. If you Google Gabriela Rosa, that's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A-R-O-S-A, you will find me. And you can also go to our website, which is fertilitybreakthrough.com.
0: So fertilitybreakthrough.com. And that'll all be in the show notes as well. Wow. Thank you so much, Gabriella Rosa. You are, uh, I mean, you just speak so well, have so much knowledge and I know my listeners are going to grab so much from this and wow. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait for part two. Oh my goodness. I'm scheduling it after this right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Gabriella. Thank you, April. Thank you for having me.